Welcome to Imperfection in Training. I'm Priyanka. I'm Maddie. And we're just two 20-somethings somewhere out in the world asking, what is art? What is life? What is the, the universe? universe? Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Imperfection in Training. Maddie and I are super excited to be back, um, but also slightly nervous because today we are talking about body image and body image related things and that is a fun conversation that we decided we're going to have with y'all today. Um, how are you feeling Maddie? It is definitely a lesson in vulnerability and that's okay. That's all right. We've got this. We did have a conversation before we started about like what are our boundaries in terms of what we want to talk about or like what we don't want to talk about uh, which I think is really important whenever you're deciding to share something especially something that can make you feel really vulnerable online I think that like oversharing is sometimes something that we feel very drawn to do even to the detriment of our own mental well-being so yeah I feel like good about the fact that we had like a solid conversation about boundaries and stuff but yeah, body image, fun times. My sister always said that we should just be brains on sticks because then we wouldn't have bodies. And I always imagine like these brains jumping around on pogo sticks. <laughs> but then I think that brains also kind of suck because that's where the body image issues lie, right? Like it's not in our bodies. There's no problem with our bodies. The Im like the problem is in our heads. So I think that we should all be jellyfish because jellyfish don't have brains and therefore they cannot think that they have body image issues. <laughs> it's extremely logical. Yeah, and then we can we can just squeeze squeegee around all day. That's that's not a word, but that that's a word. And it, it's it's the word for the movement they do. You know, the in my head at least. Mm -hmm. Well, inside of our escapist tendencies of wanting to be jellyfish um, and or not liking brains and or being brains on sticks, we are none of those things. And thus, <laughs> um, well. Maddie and I have both definitely had our fair share of dealing with body image and body image related things. And so honestly, um, just a fair warning, um, this is probably going to be a lot of feminist social commentary rants slash Maddie and I going why at society. And I'm excited because it's been a while. Yeah, I also want to put it out there if you're someone who like you are very sensitive about people talking about Im body image or that is something that it's triggering for you like maybe either skip this episode or like feel free to like skip any parts in the conversation that are too difficult to you I don't think that we're going to be getting onto things that are too too serious in that respect but just to put it out yeah, there yeah absolutely so Priyanka <laughs> how's your body wow, image? I was I was literally <laughs> gonna do exactly the same thing to you so you could be the person to start this conversation but fine I can do it <laughs> I, I got it. You got, you got it. <laughs> Damn it! You snooze, you lose. Alrighty. No, this is this isn't a loss. I'm very happy to be doing this. Um, my body image. Wow. So I don't know. Loaded questions aside, I like everyone else have had a super complicated relationship with this. Um, I have always been a bit of a bigger person as a kid. I was definitely always a bigger kid, and so I think. From the time I was really young, I constantly heard, oh, you're so fat, you're so this, you're so that, um, consistently from almost anyone I could hear it from. Um, and, and then I got to a point um, in high school where I sort of, uh, you know, 
lost a bunch of weight and then I put it all a bunch of again. So like it constantly worked in and out with the way I viewed myself. But the interesting thing was until I started actually sorting through the issues that I had, funnily enough, until I started sorting through the issues that I had, my body image didn't change one bit. Funny that. <laughs> funny how that happens right funny funny how it's it's totally an internal thing and has nothing to do with externals and all of that said at the moment i'm actually at a fairly decent place with things where i think i'm able to at times dispassionately which i think is important view my body as just a set and a complete set and holistic um sort of organs and um and parts moving parts that all together also find form one giant part that actually just have a function um, and at other times uh, I'm able to sort of actively view it as like you know sexy or curvy and there are definitely days where I'm looking at myself and I'm like well great you why let's just let's just hide in a hole and not have anyone look at you because why and I, and I think I like fluctuate between all of those three places um, and, and, and at a spectrum those aren't like three fixed points that I like hop between sort of picturing a rabbit but that's anyway um but yeah I don't know that's kind of that's kind of where I stand with it at the moment yeah I actually will I have a fun story about my art Instagram that I know y'all um that I've been plugging shamelessly for weeks now but it but I actually my art came from a place relating to body image things so that's something I think we can get into later in this episode yeah yeah you should definitely go check out Kriaka's art Instagram it's awesome I love her work it's like super colorful without being shallow that sounds like a weird thing to say but I'm I'm just a very like I want everything to be black and white and super angsty like if you can't tell like I had an emo phase that (laughs) as I think everyone who had an emo phase (laughs) I think we all feel like it never really ended in general I feel like I gravitate more towards things that are like overtly serious and while and I think it's easier to make things that are meaningful and sad than meaningful and happy. And I think that Proenka's artwork does a really fantastic job of having really, like, it brings out really nuanced emotions, I think, that aren't necessarily as simple as, like, happy or sad, but are really wonderful. And now Proenka looks like she's about to cry, so I'm quite proud. I feel like I've done my <laughs> done my job for the day. <laughs> so we're going to distract from my emotions and talk about Maddie's. Maddie, how is your body image? <laughs> Body image is a really interesting topic. I feel like I have never really had a super accurate picture of what my body looks like in terms of like when I was a kid and a teenager, I constantly thought that I was so much bigger than I was and I thought that I was like really overweight when actually looking back on photos and stuff, I'm like, I was a normal to skinny kid and like I don't know where exactly I internalized this idea that I wasn't and like how I started having this really like unhealthy and just completely false relationship with my body and I think that now it means I'm kind of in a bit of a like weird place where I still feel like I don't really have an accurate perception of how I look or what my body is like and I think that to a degree like it's very normal to go through phases of like oh like I like my body or like "Mm, it's all right like I guess it's just a a flesh vessel in my (laughs) mind (laughs) but yeah I think that for me one of the most like impactful or not 
I don't really know what the right word to use is, but one of the biggest aspects of body image and one of the biggest challenges that I feel with body image is how much I feel like it ties into my sense of worth in so many other areas, especially because for me, especially in my like primary school and also in my secondary school, there was this huge correlation between who were the like popular kids and who were the sporty kids. Right, yeah. And so in general, the kids who were super into sport were like very skinny, very lean, all of these things. And then like, I was not ever a popular kid. Like I was bullied a lot in primary school. And then in secondary school, like I wasn't bullied, but I was just never like in the popular group because, and to me, I was like, oh, well I can't be popular and I can't be likable because I'm not skinny. And so, I think that then that has like tied into a lot of things like not only being likable but also being successful in terms of like career and job things. I feel like I have all of these associations of like thin equals successful equals likable equals sociable and it's totally false and totally untrue and it's one of those things that like I don't think of in terms of anyone else but it's like this weird criteria that I think of for myself in terms of associations that I have with like being thin versus like being normal (laughs) or like anything outside of that (laughs) not to say that being thin isn't normal but like it's not how my body generally lies like my body isn't naturally super skinny like it's just not my body type and that's fine um and I think for a lot of people it's not their body type and for a lot of people it is but like there's just a lot of variation out there so when you were saying um, how you associated the um, being sociable and likable and successful with being thin, I noticed that that was a big thing um, that I saw in the U.S. and in it like it was a social factor where in in the U.S. and like other presentation-based societies. Do you think that that was a big part of that was the sort of society you grew up in and that kind of obviously impacted how you viewed this or do you think this came from maybe pop culture or I don't know what are your thoughts I think that it came from a mixture of pop culture and family but then again with family like their influences also came from you know pop culture and family so like it's kind of like okay yeah you can say family but they're not like outside of the realms of like media and stuff like that so it's kind of difficult to like disentangle the two but I think for me the messages that I got growing up were very much like if you are not constantly taking it was always framed in a taking care of your body because obviously that was with inverted commas by the way (laughs) for our listeners because obviously taking care of your body means being thin right there's no ways to take care of your body that don't lead to the result of being thin also please note the sarcasm (laughs) because those two things are just not aligned the correlations between health and thinness are few and far in between exactly and like basically meaningless like health is so much more holistic than that and so much more complicated and more like multifaceted and all of that so I think yeah I think also because of like some specific family situations that I don't really want to get into there was very much there were examples of like well this person is not thin and they are unsuccessful therefore all people who are overweight are unsuccessful and you don't want to be like them so it was very much like appointing to specific people and being like well you don't want to be like them and then because like their weight was seemingly the only defining feature of them in the way that they were spoken about, it then created this correlation of like, 
weight corresponds to level of success and level of happiness and fulfillment in life and you cannot be fulfilled or happy or successful without being skinny makes a lot of sense yeah i don't know i think it's so interesting because for me growing up um i think i definitely had the same um correlation that you had of being thin implied being popular because if you were popular it was because you were pretty and if you're pretty it was because you were thin um right and 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 then all the boys wanted to date you which also yay no wonder i didn't no wonder it took me so long to figure things out sexuality wise um because god forbid <laughs> someone who is not a boy thinks you're pretty in a way that is not oh but you're just friends aren't you because there's no way you could possibly be attracted to each other anyway um that's not the time for that but um but yeah no i think being thin implied like being pretty it implied therefore if you were pretty you were popular only because the boys all liked you so and they all wanted to date you so then if they all liked you and wanted to date you then by virtue you were the girl that every other girl wanted to be and so it's like this whole really messed up cycle that you cre- we created um because i obviously bought into it and i was a part of it um and i continue to be a part of it until it changes and i figure out how it is i can disengage from that in my own life which i haven't yet right because it's so hard because when you grow up with that messaging but i think that um my body image i remember even as a kid because like i mentioned i was a bigger kid and just bigger built like i have broader shoulders um and i'm super curvy really like bigger hips um even at my skinniest i was always very very curvy it just is my body um and um all of those times anytime i pictured myself whether i was 5 whether i was 16 i pictured myself in my 20s as this like really i don't know skinny good looking all the boys wanted to be with me and as a 23 year old can confirm that is not where i'm at that is not where i want to be at or is like i don't i mean i want to be healthy for sure and i want to be fit for sure do not want to be the center of attention with a bunch of men not interested no thanks men are great and all but just not interested like that's that picture that you constantly create of this is what a a successful woman looks like in my case was just unnecessary because it constantly constantly do that and it gets in your head like a earworm and it just does not leave like an earworm um but yeah so that was one part of it for sure and the other thing is that i think it definitely got worse in the US for me um because in india the thing about india is that and growing up here was that indian women have curves it is just a thing it is how our bodies are built like we just are more curvy the caucasian frame is not one that we have um but the thing about that is that well more or less obviously there are definitely exceptions to that rule but by and large that is just i'm being i'm generalizing i'm overly generalizing for sure i don't mean to put a thing a frame they're saying this is how we are and if you're not like this you're not fitting in that's not what i mean to say but oh rather no no let me rephrase that that was poor phrasing my apologies we have a much much um we have a massively diverse range of frames and sizes and shapes um and while there's definitely the mainstream media and pop culture that also um pushes the similar western caucasian frame um there is still a lot more movement for an acceptance of those other shapes and sizes um and the thing that the reason that's important is that and 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 here's the other thing for all of the issues that we had of oh if you're you're only popular with all the boys like you india is far less sexual than the us is this is important indian indian media is far less sexualized indian 
um, kids are far less like are exposed to in some ways exposed to less sexualization in some ways I don't know maybe that taboo creates more overt looking for it I really don't know I, I couldn't tell you I know for me I wasn't particularly like that but um, I could have been an exception I, I, I do not have enough information to comment but the thing the reason that's important is because the amount of sexualization I was exposed to when I came to the US me to the US in the media shocked me I was not expecting it I didn't know how to understand it and I was genuinely floored about by thinking about how someone who grew up with that exposure would feel about their body and would understand their body and would relate to their body because India you can call us conservative you can call us not willing to talk about things you can say whatever you want net net we have net net it meant that I feel like I had a childhood in ways that I feel like sometimes kids who grew up in the US didn't necessarily have in some ways I mean and again overgeneralization sure but it's just my it's just how I feel about it um, and because I feel like the US is so presentation based and sexualizes so much I, I can think of I wrote a paper freshman year that literally talked about the sexualization of the female form in Western and specifically US media that constantly constantly um, promoted really aggressively sexual behavior towards women and female like forms are like femme folks and it was just ridiculous to me that as an 18 year old I could see that and people had to grow up with that and have that seep into their heads and kind of relate to how they saw their bodies um so yeah yeah I find it really interesting that you feel as though there's more variation in body type in India versus in like the US for example because I think that that is more because of what types of bodies are allowed to be seen publicly versus what types of bodies exist like I think there's just as much diversity in terms of body shape and frame in like different countries but I think in terms of like what bodies are allowed to like be shown on right. like, in media and like especially what countries what sorry what especially what body types are allowed to represent the U.S. abroad in terms of like advertising and stuff like that I think is like really really narrowly defined definitely and it's interesting because I feel like I had kind of a different experience where I feel like in London and specifically in like the secondary school that I went to um, but also just in London in general because London's a very like fashionable city and it's like appearance focused in a different way to the US but it's very like fashionable and all of that um, and also very like health focused I feel like I saw a much smaller variety of body types than I did in the US in terms of like I feel like in the US I saw like so many more people who were overweight or who were just like carried more fat on their bodies and like didn't necessarily dress in a way to try and hide it and I think that that's like that's a London thing that's not a British thing and I mean also like I guess like statistically there are like higher rates of obesity in the US and stuff but I don't actually know like how much like that's also a like issue in the UK so I don't know it's a whole thing <laughs> um but I think that was interesting because like yeah on one hand when I went to the USB university I was like seeing a greater variety of body types but then on the other hand I think that like there was also so much more judgment going along with different body types and I think it's also important to recognize that body image doesn't like look the same for everyone I don't know in terms of like 
yes, I don't feel like my body type is like particularly well represented, but then when I compare that to like representation of like disabled bodies in particular, like it's still so much better and like so yeah I think it's also just like really interesting to see how like relationship to body image can change as you like experience different places different cultures or things like that and I think also like along with going to the US that was also the thing of like no longer living at home and I think that that also like in some ways I think did give me the a bit more like mental space to then start thinking more critically about like the messages that I had been brought up with in terms of body image. I think it's interesting because as you were talking and something that started I started realizing as we were having this conversation which funnily enough for some reason whenever we've talked about body image before it's never occurred to me in the way that it just did right now but um color of my skin was always a big part of it. I know in India growing up like um India has this thing I think it's part of the colonial hangover um that we value fair skin a lot. We have in the past, we can continue to do so depending on where it is, where you are, we, like how people in your family can or can't be. Um, but essentially I grew up really believing that I was ugly because my mom was really, really fair and I am not, which is, I think the skin tone, I love the skin tone I have today, but as a kid, my mom um, has told me that I would kind of go stick my hand next to hers and compare it and be really sad that I was so much darker than she was, um, which is such a shame. And the thing is that, and this was when I was living in a country where I looked like everybody else, where everybody else looked like me, where there was no difference. Um, whereas for me, when I went to the States, um, I think my body, I was consistently at a, um, I always felt like I was at a disadvantage right off the bat because at every moment, just by existing there, I was reminded that I didn't look like everyone else. And so that was either a really good thing again. And it's funny because all of this for me doesn't exist in terms of this is how I felt about myself. It exists as this is how I was perceived specifically in romantic context, which is really weird that that is the bar that we have for well, that I have for this anyway. And I assume that it's at least similar for most people because I can't be that much of an exception. Um, but but that's the thing is that I just sort of assumed that it was either going to be this weird exotic, exotic fetishization, fetishization thing or or I was just going to be ugly because because I'm I don't. Yeah. And so and so that was really interesting where it's funny that you, just with your experience in London, because when I was in London and specific and in New York, I felt this way, too, into like fashion capitals of the world, so to speak. Those are the only two places I actually felt like a person what in the places I've, I've visited in the West. Like I know in New York, I saw all kinds of bodies and all dressed really, really well, but that was what was cool about it. And I think the important part of that was also seeing different people from with different ethnicities um, looking different ways because I think um, people from different places carry their bodies just kind of genetically pro are programmed a bit differently. And so like you see literally different varieties, which is really cool in a place like New York. And with London too, um, I remember that when I visited London, which was at this point three years ago, I'd been in the US for two years. Um, and, and I remember feeling like an actual person who was seen and appreciated in London, as opposed to in Boston, where Boston is so white and I love it and it's so homey and like will always have a special place in my heart. But I didn't for the longest time until I was more secure in myself, um, which I know is definitely a part of it. But the reason 
until I was more secure in myself, I didn't feel like I was really seen or appreciated or acknowledged or not judged for looking the way I did. Um, and the only reason that security changed that is because I stopped caring, not because necessarily the reaction towards me changed. Yeah, like they're definitely more like international and like racially diverse places. And you can see how that would have like a huge impact. Yeah, it's so interesting what you're saying about like the romantic context, because I feel like I am like totally the opposite in some ways, where like romantic context are times where I like feel totally fine about my body like I don't like it's not like an issue it's like or it's like even like I feel so much more confident about my body like when I'm naked versus like when I'm wearing clothes like I feel like I feel like weirder about like how my body looks when I'm in clothes and I feel like I like you know pick at the things that I think like don't look good whatever whereas when I'm naked, like, I like how my body looks. Like, I think that I look better not wearing anything <laughs> than wearing things. And apparently that's super weird. <laughs> I've, like, spoken to some people about this and they're like, uh, I don't like how I look naked. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's, that's really sad. Well, <laughs> I just think clothes make me look bad. <laughs> Which is really funny. But then I think that, like, because I think that, like, that's kind of, like, part of the thing in romantic relationships is that like there is this like expectation of like eventual like your partner will see your body without clothes on and like that doesn't necessarily need to be the case that isn't the case in all relationships like not all couples have sex and like that's cool like that's fine um but I think that is this like societal expectation I think that that a lot of people do like feel that worry of like oh but like what if like once they really know what I look like, then they won't like me anymore. And I think that that's like super shitty because it's also kind of implying that the way that people see you normally isn't seeing like how you really look like, which is just not really the case. But then it's weird because I feel like I have a lot more hangouts about body image when it comes to like friendships. Interesting. Than romantic huh. relationships where like I constantly feel like, oh, people won't want to be my friend because like I'm not pretty enough. And, like, I'm not skinny enough and, like, all of that stuff. And, like, that's never been a thing for me in romantic context, but that's such a thing in platonic context and especially in professional context where I'm, like, no one's going to want to, like, hire me because, like, I'm not pretty or skinny enough. And I think that, like, definitely part of that is the art world, especially the commercial art world, is, like, very appearance-focused. Like, 90% of commercial galleries, their gallery assistant is a young, skinny, pretty woman because you know you're expected to flirt to sell art and this is one of the many reasons I absolutely hate the commercial art world with a passion <laughs> but like you can't get into that unless you're going to be like pretty enough like I was speaking to one of my friends and who works at a commercial gallery and she was saying she was like yeah like I am the biggest person my manager has ever hired or probably ever would hire like he's actively told me I can't gain any weight because then I won't be able to do as good a job of selling art wow oh, wow okay good great yeah which is super shitty but also like that is like unfortunately the reality yeah, definitely. like fewer people would want to talk to her because like they've also grown yeah, up yeah, in like yeah. this culture and it's just this like never-ending cycle of bs <laughs> and i think that but then i think it's like i don't know i just find it really interesting because i feel like sometimes i feel really alienated because i feel like other people don't experience the same like don't have the same experience of like 
feeling body image difficulties come up in platonic relationships and not romantic relationships so then I feel both like I can't understand other people's experiences because I'm like but like your romantic partner obviously likes your body like that's probably a big part of why they're dating you like duh like to me it just like makes sense (laughs) but then I don't like I understand that like there is absolutely no reason for like friends to care about that but for some reason like it really gets to me like this whole thing of like being like thin and being likable is still like so entrenched especially because I think that like a lot of the especially a lot of the like counterculture things that I like found comfort in as a teenager the images that I saw of that was always like super skinny white girls (laughs) you know like and I felt that like I just didn't fit that aesthetic and so I wouldn't even be able to fit into the counterculture aspect that I wanted to that was against the like mainstream popular thing that like I knew I didn't really want to be involved in but like damn it I wanted to be a (laughs) no for sure and I think I think it's interesting because I definitely relate to some parts of the platonic thing definitely I don't think not in the exact way that you're talking about but I know that when I was a kid, I definitely had this thing of, or not when I was a kid, even even seven years ago, well, I was technically a kid, but whatever. Um, I had this thing where, oh, like, so I remember one of my best friends today who is literally one of the most gorgeous people in the entire world, even though she'll never say it um, or think it, but she is so drop-dead beautiful. Um, body image issues happen to everybody. Um, but she, the, I remember the first time I ever saw her, the first thought in my head was, oh, you are so beautiful. There's no way you're going to want to be my friend. And and it was like, that was the first thought I had. And I think it's definitely interesting because it's more them focused than me focused. Um, but the thing is, somehow I had this weird negative thing with myself where I was like, oh, I, I, I'm never going to be the pretty person who everyone wants to be friends with. So I have to be the really so-and-so type of friend so that they want to be friends with me, you know? Okay, yeah, it's, like, I feel like in media, like, the only time someone is allowed to, like, be in a movie or whatever, if they're, like, not fitting the, like, you know, Hollywood skinny body type is if they're, like, the funny friend, you know, and, like, basically, like, the comedy, and, like, it's so rubbish. It's It's so rubbish. And that's the other thing is that there is no representation of not skinny, white, blonde, not skinny, not white, not blonde, not blue-eyed women, a.k.a. The only leading ladies in Hollywood, especially, are usually like skinny, white, and blonde. And if you hit the jackpot, they have blue eyes too. Um, like, think Cameron Diaz, think Charlie Starr, I'm pretty sure, is also blonde. Think any of the, although Charlie Starr is very cool, I like her. Think any of those women, like, they're all blonde, white, skinny. And it's, look, that's all fine and great. Like, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you've made it big. Genuinely, props to you. You've done your work, you're living your life good on you Jennifer Aniston but but the point is that I think that that those are the things that tell me that oh you won't find friends unless you look like that you won't find a romantic partner who doesn't expect your body to look like that and I feel like in reading like like I've been reading I've been on this weird romantic story kick for the last few months um and I've been reading a lot of them and all of them all of them talk about oh, this like woman who didn't look like other women and was women and was a total tomboy, but she was really skinny with a flat stomach and had black hair and was small and petite and big-eyed. And I'm like, yeah, so, so controversial. Yeah, what? and especially I feel like a huge thing is like 
I feel like for someone to be like a tomboy and to have like an alternative fashion sense, like they always are like super skinny, super small frame, like not yeah. curvy, like no boobs. And like, that's not me. Like I have like big boobs and I hate them <laughs> and it's something that I'm trying to work on, but it's, it's a long process. It really is. No, and it's hard. And I feel like that's like one of the things, especially for me that I'm like the most self-conscious of partly because I feel like other people take it as like, permission to sexualize me like since the age of like 14 years old like I've had so many awful encounters with men who like I'm sorry you should not be sexualizing a 14 year old as a 40 year old man that's just gross like it's just disgusting but because like having a bigger chest made people think that I was older and they took it as an invitation and people still take it as an invitation like I find it difficult to like go running and like I am super self-conscious if I like pass a man while running because I've had times where people have like started following me in their cars like looking at my chest and like it's super like it's so horrible and it's and then it's also like all of my friends who are who are like more flat chested are always like oh I'm so jealous of you like I wish I could have your boobs like I feel so bad and it's like wow really no one's happy like no one's happy I feel like that's what makes me the saddest is like even people who I perceive as like not having this thing that I don't like about myself like even they're unhappy and it's like no one's winning from this like who's winning from this no one well men (laughs) that's who (laughs) yeah oh my goodness men who get to especially men who own companies that sell overpriced products to women to be like hey if you buy this you'll be prettier and therefore more desirable you know what this is this is maybe a little this is not tmi but this is maybe like a bit of a just go for it sensitive topic for people <laughs> um but this is something that I I was having a conversation with my partner and I just like had this realization because I was like whoa every time someone has been having a conversation about like pubic hair and someone asks like you know like what are your like pubic hair preferences they always say their preferences for the other person and never their preferences for themselves Oh. And I just thought that that was so weird. That's so true. Yeah, it's so weird. And so now if anyone ever asks me this, I'm going to talk about what my preferences are for my own opinions. <laughs> God damn it, that's the only <laughs> thing that my opinion is worth anything about. Like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Han, you were so on the money there. Um, that's so true. I never thought of that. Yeah, and it's like we care so much more about policing other people's bodies than like anything else. And I feel like that's what it comes down to. Like, I feel like it really comes down to like conformity, like having mass body image issues. Like, I honestly, I could count on one hand the people I know who have not spoken to me about body image issues. You know, I can't even say for sure that they don't have them. It's just that I'm not close enough to know. You know, like definitely. I really don't know anyone who I'm close to who doesn't at least have a complicated relationship in some way with the way that they look. And, you know, that really benefits the people who make money off of that. Like that really benefits the people who are like high up in the like social hierarchy because it's effectively control. Like I know there's a bunch of research done around like making society behave in a way that like steers women towards things that are seen as frivolous, like makeup or fashion or whatever, like stuff like that, because it, you know, takes a brain power away from being like, let's like 
do stuff and like overthrow this messed up system <laughs> and it's like very I feel like it I don't know maybe this sounds like a conspiracy theory but I think it's just sociology I think sociology is really just like <laughs> evidence for conspiracy theories <laughs> either you've said this before or I've had a dream with you saying that exact line before either way I'm getting massive deja vu <laughs> That's really funny. I don't think I've said it before, so maybe your dreams can tell uh-huh. the future. I've suspected that for a few years. But yeah, because also it like it means that we all hold ourselves back from doing things because of how we look and how we think other people will judge us based on how we look. And I think like if there is one thing like why do I care more about whether someone knows that I have stomach rolls when I sit? Like that's not important. Like, I think it would make sense if I, like, yes, I care that they think I'm a good person, but why do I care that they know that, like, oh, when I put my bra on, like, there's a bit of fat above and below it because, like, you know, or, like, yeah, like, why do any of those things matter? They just don't. Like, they just don't. Yeah, or, like, yeah, they just don't. And yet, like, what we've just been, like, engineered to care so much about this. And I think it's so sad because, like, it really is mm-hmm. everyone. No, it really is. And I think that's to segue really quickly, just to wrap up, I think that's a good um, way to end is that that's actually where my art came from. Like I said at the beginning of the episode was I was just really sick and tired of constantly looking at bodies and dissecting them the same way. I learned to dissect mine of, oh, where's this thing coming out? What's coming out there? What's, how is this person looking now? Are they looking bigger or smaller compared to the last time I saw them? And it was an instinctive thing. It wasn't even something I was trying or taught. It's just something I've learned by virtue of just existing in the world. Um, and so in an effort to start changing that, I decided the easiest way to change that. So I don't know. So I had a complicated relationship with bodies and my body, right? So I was like, okay, first rule for my art, I'm not going to touch quote unquote skin colors. Um, which is like change because I'm realizing that that's the fun thing about makes like playing around with colors is you something that is brown or peach or whatever will stop looking brown or peach if you mix the color in. So that's really fun. But by and large, I st- started staying away from skin colors because I wanted to visually change how I perceived bodies. Because if I thought a colorful body looked beautiful, essentially, and the form looked beautiful because they are, they do, bodies are beautiful, then really... I had no reason to think a body that in a body like structure and shape and like color could look bad. I mean, and it's something that has taken a minute, but it has, I can absolutely say that it's something I would definitely recommend for you, even if you think you don't have an artistic bone in your body. Um, it's it's really been so good for me to just change how I see myself and really just changed how I understand my relationship to bodies in general. And it's me, it's meant that I stopped looking, not for myself so much, but for everyone else, I've stopped looking at, oh, this person's put on this kind of weight or lost this much weight or done this or done that, or this is what this, like this t-shirt makes them look like in this way. It's like, oh, are they happy and confident and secure in what they're wearing and look like and feel like? Oh, great. Okay, cool. If you're not, okay. Can you help change that? If you can't, then be supportive in the way that you can. If you otherwise or whatever and and someone um and I will link my Instagram again if you want to go look at it I really I know this isn't this honestly isn't even a shameless plug because I don't talk too much about my own body image issues and my Instagram it's literally just it's just cool like it's cool to look at a body and say oh I never saw it that way before and literally have a physical representation of how you didn't see it that way before
I think this is why every single person should a, they should, number one, go to a life drawing class, because I think that life drawing classes are one of the very, very, very rare occasions where you can see all different kinds of bodies, and they are all celebrated, and it is not at all about how it looks, it is just about what you can learn from it, and also abstracts the body, like, it's not really a body, and it just becomes shapes, and, like, that's all we are, we're just weird, blobby 3D shapes walking around in the world, but then after you go to a life drawing class, I think that everyone should model for a life drawing <laughs> class, and you don't need to do like nude modeling for life drawing like people model clothed as well I do think that nude modeling has like a bigger impact because I think it's more of a challenge and I think it like requires more but honestly the two times that I've done that it has been the most positive experience ever in my life like I don't think I have ever had such an like affirming empowering experience as I did like modeling for those two classes because like like seeing it also was like I never get to see how I look through someone else's eyes but seeing people's drawings after that like that's what I was looking at you know like I was looking at how they saw me and like okay like maybe they really wanted to accentuate like uh like sharp angle here and then a curve here and all of these different things and all these artistic decisions and I was like wow like my body that like I have all these complicated feelings about was the cause of inspiration for people like one like inspiration is one of the most like amazing like not understood like magical things and like I did that like I inspired people like what the <laughs> hell that's wild and I just think that it is such an awesome experience and I think that it I think that seeing your body from an artistic viewpoint is so different from seeing it in the like societal blech viewpoint. I don't even have a more eloquent way to say it. <laughs> and I, yeah. yeah, I just, obviously there's different ways to do that, but I, I do no. think that modeling for a life drawing class is really it. Like you can't compare I've it to I've never done else. that, but I 100% agree. I think just like being able to be some level of unclothed around friends um even if you can't do like a live drawing class if some people aren't super if that's not accessible to you um it's super helpful just people who you know and love and trust who you know you can feel safe around is because bodies are bodies like the more we normalize that yeah or like to put it out there like for me i feel much more self-conscious around like friends than i do around strangers so like if you want to like go to a beach whatever by yourself and like just experiment with like different levels of showing your body mm -hmm. and uh, like you know like whatever space is good for you like that can be friends if that's where you feel comfortable it can be strangers if yeah, that's where you feel definitely. comfortable like yeah I feel like just like trying out different stuff it's yeah. so good and on that note we're gonna wrap up for today um thank you so much for listening we hope this was something that resonated didn't resonate as always feel free to slash please come and leave your thoughts um we'd love to hear from you yeah. Yeah, definitely head over to Priyanka's Instagram and follow her if you want to be consistently inspired and 
mind blown and all of that good stuff. Um, also, head over to yes, our please. Instagram. Also, if you want to be notified of when we release new episodes, please subscribe. Subscribe <laughs> or whatever your platform phrases things as. I don't know. I know that Overcast says subscribe. Most but say I don't subscribe, know but I think Spotify says follow. Regardless, yeah, definitely subscribe to our podcast. We release new episodes every Wednesday and we'll have all of our links for you in our show notes. All right, that's it from us this week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Imperfection in Training. We'll check in again next week, same time, same place. Until next time.